Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. All right, you know what? I should be a betting man and I'm not because scared money doesn't win and, and so I don't gamble. But if I had gambled, <laughs> I would have bet you, Steve Versnick, and anyone else that the Lightning were going to lose game one of this series almost to a point of like, I, I was so, so sure of this. And, and I'm look, I'm probably not the only one that thought it. And they did lose two to one to the Islanders uh, Sunday in the first round of the NHL Stanley cup semifinal. But I just knew it. I knew it deep inside my bones and whether it's, first of all, let me just say this. I have decided that home ice, unless you get to game seven, doesn't mean anything anyway. And I'm not sure it means a lot then. But I would want to start every playoff series on the road, every single one on the road in hockey. I just think you're in a better position doing that. Well, I believe John Cooper's teams do have a better record on the road in the playoffs mm-hmm. under John Cooper, which he only coached the Lightning in the NHL. Right. The Lightning have now lost the first home game in each series this year. Now, in, against Florida and against Carolina, that was game three. Sure. They had gone on the too. road, won the first two in both those series. Came mm-hmm. home and lost game three in both those series, their first home game. Interesting. They did it again now, but it is, they have home ice against the Islanders, so they did, they lost game one um, in a, I think, a game that started very differently than most people would have anticipated. Um, it was kind of high-flying and had a pretty hectic pace to it. It's not well, what you think four, of with four the Islanders. Four. Yep. They started four on four because mm-hmm. all of a sudden within the first couple seconds there was like penalties, right? I mean, Well, yeah, so – the fourth line of the Islanders wanted to make their presence known early, and Barkley Goodrow and David Savard and others are happy to oblige that. And mm-hmm. you know they got into you know a scuffle what eight seconds in, and yeah. the officials basically assigned a penalty to one guy out of each scrum. There was kind of two scrums going along, right. so they signed a penalty one for the Lightning in one scrum and one from the Islanders in the other scrum, and let's go four on four for the first two minutes. Yeah, um, or essentially it was eight seconds in the game at this point. Yeah, uh, um, but so. But, yeah, the, I mean, the, the Lightning have struggled at home. We talked about this going into the Florida series. Uh, I think mm-hmm. when they lost that game, what was it, six of the last seven home games they lost on home ice? Yeah. No, um, you're right. And and they just, for whatever reason, they play a lot better on the road. And John Cooper's talked about He likes starting on the road better. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that's part of what you saw the Lightning down the stretch. Not They weren't trying to lose down the stretch. But they rested some guys and – and if you remember, Vasilevsky even didn't even go to the Detroit series when they played uh, right. McElhinney and Christopher Martin. And then, you know, he had some injuries down the stretch, but you rested some guys and you tried some new lineups and you even had Daniel Walcott in and in that last game. And it, it was, we don't care about home ice. You know, we're in the playoffs. We want to get ready for the play. We want to be playing the right way. We want to do the right things. If we've got guys injured, let's rest them. If Vasilevsky needs some time off or we want to get him some rest, we didn't even take him to a trip to Detroit. 
you know, leave him at home, let him rest. Let you know, I mean, he worked out at practice, presumably, but you know, it was all about the home ice. Be damned. We don't. We don't. We've done the best record before. We don't need that. It's let's get ready for the playoffs and and, and get our game playing the right way. And in the first two series, they played very well, particularly on the power play, and with and Nikita Kucherov's presence back. Now, you're playing an Islanders team this series that's very different than Carolina and Florida. Uh, Carolina, Florida wants to be a little faster pace, a little more rushes. The Islanders are extremely responsible defensively, and we saw that in this game. Uh, my takeaway from this game was that I didn't think the Lightning played poorly in losing 2-1. to one. They made a lot of bad mistakes that the Islanders make you pay for or will keep the puck in your zone for a long time and generate great chances off of, which we saw time and time again. The same stretch passes and cross-ice passes that you can get away with against Carolina and Florida at times, the mm-hmm. Islanders were ready for. I mean, we t- we've talked about in the Carolina series and in the Florida series at times, particularly in the third period with the lead, the Lightning put it on a clinic to lock a game down. The Islanders did that on Sunday night. That was a clinic in the third period of locking the Lightning down. Oh, totally, totally was. Yeah, you know, even though they did give up a goal late, and and you know there were some fifty seconds or yeah, so. That where, was a six on four goal late. I mean, yeah, you know, it was it was a know, man advantage. Yeah, on the or power play, advantage. on the power yeah. play. You right. know, but that was a clinic in locking down the Lightning. I mean, the Islanders played a near perfect game on Sunday. I mean, give all the credit in the world. They outplayed the Lightning. They beat the Lightning on Sunday. No question about it. I didn't think the Lightning played poorly. No, but, but they didn't play. They didn't play smart, and they didn't. They didn't play a game that you're going to beat the Islanders with. In other words, they went from playing Florida, right, which is the run and gun up and down the ice, you know, mm-hmm. high scoring affairs, and then they went and and they they beat the Panthers, and then they play, they go and play Carolina, which is a hard checking team, right? You're great not going to have great on the four check, relentless exactly. on the four check, Ex- extremely, and mm-hmm. you're not going to have the long stretch passes and things like that. You're going to have to really work for everything. And here's the thing, and, and correct me, I mean, listen, it's not as if they don't know what the Islanders are or who they are or they were surprised mm-hmm. by how they play. They played these guys, you know, to get to the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, and it's less than a year ago as the calendar goes. So they haven't changed. Barry Trotz is still the coach. They haven't changed what they do, right? So, But you get in the game, and this is where the home ice thing, I, I, I just – I go back to I think these guys are performers. I think think they see the big crowd. I think they want to put on a good show. And all of a sudden, here come all the, you know, the, the passing attempts that that don't go anywhere rather than just war- outworking the other team, getting the pucks deep, grinding away. Like you know you have to do. It's funny cuz after these games, you know, invariably they'll say, "Well, we know, we know, you know, exactly what we were getting into here, you know. We know what the Islanders are all about. You got to you know, you have to outwork them. You've got to get the gritty goals. You got to get it deep, and you know um, they play a little different in that they're they're defensemen. We're going to let you, you know, they're going to let you carry the puck across the blue line, but then they're going to kind of pinch back, and you know it's hard to score and all this. But if you know who they are, then then why in God's name are you trying to to put on a show and make these stretch passes, and you're just off on everything, and it, it just becomes it becomes frustrating because that's never the way you're going to beat the New York Islanders. And you knew it going in and you didn't execute it and it ended up getting you beat instead. 
And now they're going to come back and, and try to do those, you know, make the adjustments that they should have made, you know, before the first game or certainly during the first game. It's just it's frustrating if you're a, a Bolts fan because I would think that you'd be like, you know, while they didn't play a horrible game, um, they made way too many mistakes. And the biggest one, of course, was the first goal was Steven Stamkos with just an egregious attempt at a cross-ice pass, not once but twice that got picked off and ended up in the back of the net. That puck has to go below the net. There's no Absolutely. reason to pass that puck across the ice that way. None. You know, and, None. and Jan Ruda was a little slow in getting back on Barzal, but but Stamkos was where the problem was. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, it was a bad mistake. I mean, John Cooper talked about it for the game. He said, look, our compete was there. Our mind was not today. For whatever reason, the rest, the different style of play. I mean, you know, the Lightning, you know, started the game, what, I think they were up and shot 7-1 to one early. They were kind of dominating play early. Mm-hmm. Then they take a couple penalties and go on the penalty kill, and then that kind of changed the momentum in the game. It did. And, and that's mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I think Braden Point and, and Nikita Kucherov and, and that line couldn't get going because they kept, you know, the, the problem when you go on the penalty kill is twofold. One, you've got to stop them with only four four guys on the ice compared to their five, which is tough. And, you know, it, it's it's those are tough minutes for your defensemen and your the forwards like Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and Alex Kalorn and Yanni Gord and Sorelli and those guys that are on the penalty kill. But the second thing it does is it takes Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point and Andre Pilat off the ice for two minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And even when the penalty's over at times, you may be stuck in your defensive end because they still have momentum and you're not putting that line out there. And you interrupt the flow of play for your star players when you go on the penalty kill. And to yeah. take it twice in the first period after you were controlling play early, it really changes the momentum of the game and it can change the way you play and even some of the mental part of it and everything else that we talk about. That, you know, that, that's where momentum doesn't necessarily carry over game to game, but it does throughout a game. And, and and it can be from choppy play because Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov go out there and have a shift or two, and then now they're sitting for three or four minutes. And then they get another shift, and then maybe you're sitting again because you're on the penalty kill. And, you know, it's hard to get in a flow and a rhythm and, and get going. And, and if you're struggling with that, then at times you start either taking chances or, or making bad plays because you're trying to make something happen. That can happen too, um, and particularly against a team as – Look, the Islanders wear you down defensively. I mean, they are very structured. They are where they're supposed to be. I mean, a lot of those passes, that pass that Steven Samko's tried against Carolina and Florida may have gotten through. But the Islanders were right there ready for it. Bailey was Bailey knew it was coming. They were they were that well schooled on this Lightning team. Bailey knew exactly where that pass was going. I mean, it, it, he didn't reach to get it. It hit him straight on the stick. He was ready yeah. for it. It was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it was it a was. bad decision. You got to get that deep. Um, he, he tried it not once but twice, got blocked the first time, mm-hmm. ended up in the back of the net. And, you know, it, it's one nothing at that point, and there's still plenty of hockey left to be played. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, they did score in the man advantage very late with Braden Point. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, so last year – they're no strangers to, to bouncing back. I mean, they lost game one to the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals, as you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost their uh, second-round opener to the Boston, Boston Bruins. Bruins so yep. mm-hmm. They have been here before. Um, I don't know. I can't recall. You know, the, the, Of course, the Dallas thing, that was a bubble, so it didn't matter about home ice. Um, I tend to think that's sometimes a little overrated. 
you just can't start two and zero though. This is or zero and two. This is what we do know. Like this now puts a lot of pressure, a ton of pressure, on this next game. Well, and that's and, that's that's always the fear of starting at home. Is if you lose yes. the first two, now you've got to go on the road for the next two, and that's what Carolina tried to overcome in Florida yeah. the series before that. You know that's why a lot of coaches, including John Cooper, have said sometimes we like starting on the road better. No is doubt, the, I think you it's don't easier. have the pressure on you now. The other part of that is, if you look at the Lightning under John Cooper, and in particular in the last few seasons, they rarely have a bad game after a loss. That's true. They don't always win them, but they come out and play a better game. When they lose a game in the playoffs, their next game is a better game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I outside of maybe the Columbus sweep series, you wipe that one away because that's a whole different series and circumstances, but everything else. When the Lightning lose a playoff game, the next game, they come play a better game the next the next game. Now, like I said, doesn't guarantee victory. Goalies can steal it, and, and the other team's still out there, and the Islanders are a very good team. Mm-hmm. But I anticipate the Lightning Tuesday night are going to put on a better performance than they did on Sunday. Oh, I do too. I don't, But, you know, now you're at – because if you don't win, to, 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 to win four out of the next five mm-hmm. against any team, much less one that's as good as the Islanders – they're here for a reason. They're the, they're the other best team that you're going to play. Um, there's only four left. So all these four teams are really, really good hockey teams, and they're going to beat you if you if you make this, the smallest mistake. I just don't like the way they tried to play them. They knew better. Um, they will make the adjustment. You know, they, They'll play more of a grinded-out type style. They know, But they knew coming in exactly who, the, who uh, New York was, and they just didn't. I'd like to see the Lightning get more shots on net too. I thought Absolutely. they passed their way out of some situations, which we talk about a lot. But and they tend to do that. A but lot. against this team, you know, challenge Varlamov. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good goalie, but challenge him more. M- right. Make him make the saves and get people in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, make it difficult. Mm-hmm. Grind away, yeah. whack away. Mm-hmm. Like, get back to that. Yeah. You know, grind it out style. I thought Alex Kalorn had a great game. I thought he played very well today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was probably the best lightning player on the ice. Hmm. I think David Savard was really impactful offensively more than we've seen. Yeah. He's kind of started doing that the last series or so, but I think this series lends to his play a little more. It's yeah. not as an up and down fast paced game. I mean, we know he's not as good of a skater as Hedman, Sergachev, et cetera. Right. Um, that's not what he's here for. That's not his strength. So I think this series plays a little more to him. And you're mm-hmm. seeing him get more involved offensively. I mean, he had some chances and uh, some shots on net, too. Uh, but, you know, the Lightning are going to have to figure out how to get Point and Kucherov and, and Palat's line going more. Um, they didn't have a ton of shots on net. You know, they, they, they didn't have, have some, a lot of some, scoring chances. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I mean. They, I mean, they had yeah. some puck possession, and they had some you know, some pretty moves around the offensive zone, but not a lot of shots on net. Well, and that's that's what Stamkos – you know, Stamkos and them were talking about it after the game, and they look like, you, you know – we can. They're going to let us come across the blue line. It's just that you know you, you can move it all around if you want to. It's just that once you get there, they tend to sag, and you tend to think that you've got a good possession because you've got some zone time and you're moving it from this guy to that guy. But really, what you need to do is is get a lot of people to the net, grind it out, you know, um, all that stuff. Like you know, just just get the dirty goals and. Um, they were trying to make the perfect pass and they were trying to, um, you know, play, play a style that's just not going to help you. You kind of play into the hands of the, of the Islanders that way. So 
I mean, look, the one thing we know about this Lightning team is their experience is their edge. The, they have been in every situation, this mm-hmm. group, the, the core of this group, and they're, they are not going to panic. Now, if we have this conversation, you know, about 72 hours from now, they sh- everybody should panic. But um, they'll work their way out of this. And um, like you said, it wasn't the worst game I've seen, and, and they even had a chance to tie it right at the very end for that matter. I thought Vassy, the second goal I thought is one that I think Vassy would like to have back. I didn't think that that was a very you know tough goal for him to stop. That's one he normally stops. I mean, it kind of yeah. went off him, and, and, and it kind of got through him. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I, I thought he looked really good early, and I, that one was oh, one fantastic girl. Um, that was one he'd like to have back, and unfortunately, it ended up being the game winner. Um, yeah, you know, and that's points, that's the thing. Know, the power play goal with fifty two point whatever seconds left, but right. Yeah, you just you just never know, you know, what goal is going to beat you. But um, that was not a Vassy like goal, and yet he still played very very well. He made a lot of a lot of big stops with some really good scoring chances that the Islanders had. So. You know, we'll uh, we'll load it up and see if they can can get it done and bounce back and even this series and and then you know you you feel pretty good. I mean, I think again we all thought that this would be a six and or game seven game series. It's just game one. Um, nobody tends to to tell you that they're nervous after one loss, but uh, it certainly puts pressure on game two and and they're going to have to come out and play different. It does because the Islanders are playing with house money for game two now. Absolutely. And so you know you don't want to go to Long Island down 2-0 no. so you know no. you've got to figure out how you can tie the game but but at the same time you know the lightning generally do very well after losses in the playoffs yes they do and i i think you know here's the other thing and, and greg Linelli talked about this on the lightning post game show the radio show mm-hmm. the islanders played almost a perfect game and and kudos to them and you know they deserve the win today they were the better team no question about it but can you do that three more times in the next six play that well you know that perfect of a game so to speak probably not that well but can well, you play well enough to win well, no mean, no I, yeah I, absolutely you can but what, I, what i'm saying is is that you know the lightning we know didn't play their best game we know they right. made lots of mental mistakes in this they got nowhere to go so assuming that. the lightning are going to yeah. be better can the can the islanders keep that level of play up or are they going to come down a little bit and that's what you know that's what we'll learn over time with the series but i mean that was mm-hmm. a that was a pretty pretty close to perfect game against the lightning that the islanders just played and and you it know was. i mean they're a good enough team to do that and and kudos to them but can you do that six more times or three times in the next six games or you know and and, and they're capable of of beating mm-hmm. the lightning yes but you still got you know are you going to be able to play at that level three more times in the next six i i don't know we'll see and, and yeah. some of it's the lightning too. I mean, if lightning continue to make dumb mistakes and right. and make you know passes that are ill advised and not not get the puck out of their zone when they need to and start going back and then fumbling the puck, you know, I mean, I can think of several. I mean, Sorelli one time instead of just getting the puck over the blue lines went went to go backwards and stumbles and and turns the puck over and fell down, turn it over, yeah, you know, and, and you know, there's lots of plays like that where against this Islanders team, just get it out and then figure it out from there. You know, they had seven seven turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. and the Islanders had one and that's, that's a big damn deal. Yep. You know, when you're, when you're playing a, a team, you know, because now, I mean, look, that's what teams do, right? They've gotten here because they've taken advantage of every mistake of their opponent and they're mm-hmm. going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it to you. You're going to do it to them. So it's a small margin already and you just can't play that way. And here's so. the other thing is the Islanders don't take many penalties. They didn't all season. No. 
They, and you know, you they especially see, don't want to now. You know, and you I know Bruce Cassidy that. called them the you know the New York Saints uh, because <laughs> they weren't getting any penalty called. But you know, looking at the game tonight, it's like, were there any penalties you didn't think that no that, that should have been called that they made? No, no, they really didn't. I mean, it, to be honest, the first penalty they took. I don't even know if it was a penalty. Re- I mean, live I thought it was, and then when you watch the replay, you're like, it looked like Cooch kind of sold a high stick there. I, I, no, no, yeah. I think that one was a penalty. That one? that one was a penalty. I mean, you got the stick up in the neck. I mean, that's which one are you talking about? The the one where uh, was it uh, Chernak tripped? Oh, the tripping. Got tripped. Yeah. Got uh, tripped. It was a yeah. Palmieri, I think it was. Um, okay. And, and when you looked at a replay, it was like, yeah, maybe he did. Maybe that wasn't a, a you know they called it yeah. interference, I think, but. You yeah. looked at a replay and you're like, yeah, that may not have been a penalty. Maybe it was. I mean, it was it was a questionable one, but um, I, you know, I didn't see. The, it's not like I saw the Islanders taking a lot of penalties that weren't called. Um, you know, you're not going to no, get, a ton, good not gonna get a ton of power plays in this series Mm-mm. if the Islanders are playing their game. So you're going to have to figure out other ways to score and, and not turning the puck over is where you got to start. You got to win five on five, and they've they've got a huge advantage in the power play over these first two series, and they're they're not probably going to have that many uh, chances. So we'll see what they do. Um, game two, I guess, will be on uh, Tuesday? Tuesday night. It's every other day. All the games from here on out are 8 o'clock in this series. So Tuesday, yeah, Thursday, late. Saturday, and then if necessary, Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. That's some late nights. Well, we got uh, the Rays uh, had a pretty good weekend. They sweep the Orioles. They won 7-1 to one on Sunday. Randy Rosarena. With a grand slam. And here's what was interesting about this one. First of all, the first two times he got up, I think it was the first two times or second, third time, twice he, he before the grand slam, he hit absolute lasers to people. Like the old Adam ball, you know, here's one to the shortstop, here's one to the third baseman, just crushed the ball. And he's been he's been doing that against the Orioles all pretty much all year. So late in the game, um, you know, the, the Rays are sitting on a 3-1 to lead, and they got – a couple guys on and first base is open. So, you know, the Orioles decide to intentionally walk Austin Meadows. Oops. <laughs> he has second decision. baseball in, in RBI, so. I know. I mean, I knew why they did it. They were trying to get a double play. You know, he's a left-handed hit, all that stuff. I mean, there was a lot of statistical reasons why. And it back, but boy, did he make them pay. He crushed one to right center. Um, initially, they it looked like it had, had come back in the field. Of, well, it did come back in the field of play, but it was – indeed a home run so um nice seven to one win for them they are now 42 and 24 that is 18 games over 500 for the first time this year uh it's just not stopping it's it's not they're playing good baseball and the bullpen got the last 19 outs they've been they've been terrific i mean for all the the hand wringing you know that you would have about this team some of it might have been focused on the bullpen, especially with injuries and whatnot. Uh, they've done great. Uh, Taylor Walls had another two or three hits. He was really good. So, And this is all I without mean, Nick Anderson and Chaz Rowe. I know. I mean, it's incredible. Like They are just playing as good a baseball as I've ever seen them play under Kevin Cash. They take the extra base. Um, they work pitchers. They get deep into counts. They, they, you know, of late at least, been hitting with runners in scoring position. I mean, they're doing – all the little things so that the big thing like winning is taken care of. And I'm just so impressed with the way they play. I, I just, you know, it's enjoyable. Um, you know, they play, play defense, you know, they make, they make tons of, of big plays behind their pitchers and they run the bases really, really well. And they got clutch hits on, on, 
you know, Sunday. So, so yeah, they're nice 18 start. games above 500. They're eight and a half games ahead of the Yankees. Eight and a half. The evil empire, man. Aaron Boone's going to get fired. The, it's going to happen. Yankees are a game above 500 and a minus seven run differential. Woof. In a payroll that is about four times what the raise is. Yes. I mean, yep. in a business, which don't forget, we call it a game. You call it a business. I call it a business. You call it a game. It is a business. And, you know, it's the old Moneyball line, right, when they go, you know, you paid this much for each win, and I paid 100 times that for each win. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, who would you rather have, you know? Um, you, you know, you want to win, and you'd like to do it with, with a smaller payroll, but – I mean, you take this and last year's, what was it, 40 and 20 regular season? Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the pace you're on here with that. You know, you'd be 82 and 44. I mean, come on. Um, well, they, that's, ha- that's they, yeah, they have the best record in baseball, but mm-hmm. a team that's a half game behind them, that's where they're at tonight in Chicago against the White Sox. Yeah. It's the best two teams in baseball facing off this series. I would not have seen the White Sox with that kind of record when the season began. Did you? Is it Tony Larusa and his seventy-five-year-old ways? <laughs> I would not have. No, I mean I thought they were going to be better, and, yeah. and, and not necessarily because of Tony Larusa, but I think there's a lot of talent on that team. There's a lot of talent on. I it, didn't yeah. expect them to be where they're at. I didn't expect the Twins to be as poor as they are in that division. Uh, I thought the Royals would be better than they are in that division. Uh, but the White Sox are a very good team. It's going to be an interesting series tonight, starting in Chicago. But before we get to that, too. Mm-hmm. Did you see Brett Phillips on Saturday? Well, I I did watch some of the game. I saw Brett Phillips make make a nice catch in the outfield. I saw him walk three times. Did at you least. see him get hit by a pitch? Oh, you mean on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Not yeah, Sunday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it was funny because he <laughs> he got hit by a pitch, and it was a former teammate of his that he's apparently very close to, and he gave it the whole. I'm going to take a couple steps towards the mound. Everybody's like, no, 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 you can't. Oh, the ump you came out going, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, oh, no, 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 I was just kidding. He's, no, I'm he's kidding. a friend of mine. I'm just kidding him. He's, he's like one of my best friends. I think I think what he first said was, you're going to fight me? Yeah, that's what he said. You're going to fight me? Yeah. No, it was really funny. I, I love Phillips. I mean, Phillips is just so much. He plays the game with such joy. And um, like I said, he, he, uh, he was on a lot, you know, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He had the three walks and played a good good uh, outfield so I, I i really enjoy him i think he brings life you know they lost a lot of life uh, and 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 sort of that maybe that role you know when willie adamas was traded which by the way the brewers are crediting adamas with turning them around it, culture matters man yeah it, it does absolutely does yeah it does and, and you know I, I don't know if he's the sole reason for that i mean they needed a shortstop too they needed someone who could play some defense at that position and they got a good but one it picked in, up their Adamas, spirits, but, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made baseball fun again. You know what I mean? I mean, they, he's there at the top step taking the helmet off when the guys score. Mm-hmm. Well, and Brett you Phillips know? is taking that rollover for the Rays now. Which <laughs> I saw that. My wife was very happy. My, my my wife was very ticked off that they traded Willie Adamas. A lot of people um, probably were. She still but is. She still is. But she's very happy to see that Brett is continuing that tradition. So, But you can see the talent that they have in Taylor Walls, right? Oh, well, my wife can't because she's, that's not well, what she's I know, watching Well, I know. I've but, seen yes. you can. I, no, I mean, look, that move was going to happen. I was surprised it happened when it did, as soon as it did. But yeah. it was going to happen at some point in this organization, knowing the kids coming up behind him. Right. And, and seeing how he's struggling offensively now. I'm sure he's doing a lot better in, in Milwaukee just because he's not hitting at the Trop anymore, which we know he can't hit at home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every day's a road game for him. He's thrilled. 
He's just wearing the ball out, and he is too. He's he's done really, really well in the first couple of weeks for them. But um, it's one of those trades. I think you'll look back and say, you know what, they both got exactly what they kind of needed. You know, Walls plays a really good shortstop, switch hitter, mm-hmm. starting to hit again, getting big hits, driving in runs. I mean, well, and Fire Rising's been great. And yeah, you know, Drew Rasmussen's really supposed to be the better pitcher of the two, and he's down in, in Durham right now. Right, right. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's that's what you that's ultimately what you hope in a trade is a win win. I mean, absolutely. You, know, you don't want to just you didn't trade Willie because you didn't like him. You traded him because you got young guys below and you needed some more pitching. There you go. Yep, and they they were able to accomplish all of that. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Speaking of Saturday, too, in baseball, I know you were watching it because I was watching it, too. We both were tweeting about it. How about USF on Saturday night in their game one of the Super Regional and the comeback they had now ended up a little short in the bottom of the ninth, but that's a strong comeback in the top of the ninth there. Solo home run from Cantu to lead off the Mm -hmm. inning, and then you've got one on, two outs, full count to uh, the the freshman, Butcher. I I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he jacks the shot over the right field wall to tie that game at three in Texas. That was impressive. Uh, I sat straight up in bed. I was watching it, and I, they were down to their last strike, and and then he nails one. And man, I was thinking this is their day. Like they're gonna they're gonna do it. You know, they're gonna pull this off. And uh, unfortunately, they go to the next inning, and they get two quick outs, and then uh, an error by the shortstop. Gets gets the Texas runner on, and that was unfortunate because the next guy hit the hell out of one. He one hopped the wall out there in the outfield. The only thing I would say about it is, and they you know Texas wins because um, the guy scored all the way from first base. In that situation, and only maybe in that situation when there's a runner on first base, you know the only thing you're trying to do is to prevent him from scoring. Okay, so. In that situation, somebody's got to position those guys in the outfield to play deeper. And and I know he one-hopped the wall, so maybe the guy isn't deep enough. But I, when I say deeper, I mean really, really deeper. Like, you just want the ball in front of you. You don't care how far in front of you it is necessarily, but you you want to keep it in front of you. And, you know, I just felt like they didn't they didn't play that right. They didn't, weren't positioned right. Again, does it mean he doesn't score I don't know, probably scores, but um, that was something that uh, that looked a little off to me. But what a comeback and what a, you know, what a great year they've, they've had. Um, as we do this podcast, they are losing. Um, it's 8-4 to four in the bottom of the yeah. six. They've got a runner right. on. They just scored a run. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they Anything still got a shot happen, to come back. But... And hopefully by the time you're hearing this podcast, there'll be a game three this afternoon. But Exactly. But what a year! What a year for them, and what a what a what a couple of weeks, right? Because really, until the postseason is when they really started, you know, to completely gel. And they had a losing record going into the conference tournament. So it's incredible. Yeah, it's just incredible. So happy for USF. We'll see what they do. Um, obviously, by the time you hear this podcast, you have a pretty good idea. But 
Um, terrific year for them. Watched a little bit of the French Open. That was interesting. Um, Stefanos Sissipas mm-hmm. lost to uh, Novak Djokovic, and he had Sissipas had him down two sets to love, and he is going to wear this for a long time. This is heartbreaking. I can tell you as my wife and the entire country on behalf of the nation of Greece, <laughs> we'd like to say <laughs> this is as close as we will ever get to winning a, a major championship in tennis. Um even though Pete Sampras was Greek, he was also American. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Djokovic is unbelievable. It's only his second French Open title. It's not a Well, it's because Rafael Nadal wins most of them. Owns him, yeah, right. He, own, he owns <laughs> he Roland Garros. He owns everybody at Roland Garros. But he played two long, long tennis matches in, in a very short time and managed to upset Rafi and then and then take down Sasebis. He looked, you know, the first, obviously the first two sets didn't go his way, but, man, to come storming back the way he did was uh, was pretty special. So there is good with good reason, and I know that the number of titles aren't there yet. But you know, you can start. Someone can start to make the case that Djokovic might be the greatest of all time. Um, Just think about this generation of tennis players. Incredible. I mean, you know, you've got you know you've got some great players throughout history, but to have three of this good playing in their in their primes at the same time, and Roger Federer, Rafael mm-hmm. Nadal, and, and Djokovic. I mean, just yeah. incredible. I mean, this is the this is the best time of tennis. I mean, unfortunately, there's no American stars that are making it, no. so it doesn't get as much coverage here in America, and you don't see it as much. Uh, but you know, is there a better time in tennis history on the men's side? No, I yeah. mean, not, not with three dominant players all in their prime at the same time. Right? No, I'm not. I'm not sure there is, and and uh, you know. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and you can look at, you know, career. I mean, what Djokovic did, he now has had a career Grand Slam twice. Mm-hmm. Twice he's had a career Grand Slam with the, with the French Open title. And he has a chance to, to win all hold all four titles this year, um, all four major titles, I think. That's how good he is. So um, it's just amazing when you, when you have guys like uh, Nadal and, you know, obviously Federer. And then along comes this guy, and it's it's I mean, it's it's stupid. Like you said, it's one of the best areas of tennis. I thoroughly enjoyed that match. It was a. Well, I mean, Federer and Nadal have twenty Grand Slam championships, and Djokovic has nineteen. He's got nineteen. He's one away. He that, and he could fifty nine between year. the three of them. Man, it is the it is the golden age, right? To have to have that much. I mean, talent. I can't think of a time where there was you know. Three, like I said, dominant players. I mean, they're all tremendous. I mean, there was a time, look, you had Borg and McEnroe and maybe Jimmy Connors at one point or uh, Boris Becker, you know, kind of on the edge of that. And then, you know, but there wasn't, now I would agree, there haven't been guys like this, uh, you know, that are all neck and neck for for all time, most titles and things like that. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the the uh, next best is 14 at Pete Sampras as far as, Grand yeah. titles. I mean, there are five and six titles clear of him. Uh, it's, it was it was good uh, good television, good sports day, good sports weekend. The College World Series, the regional tournaments were wrapping up, and uh, we mentioned USF. My neighbor Tim Elko looks like his team is going to maybe go down to uh, University of Arizona, so that hadn't gone so well. But um, college baseball is back. It's been. It's been a very eventful uh, weekend, and we're going to have an eventful week as well. You want to do a mailbag tomorrow? Yeah, why not? We'll do it. We got a, we got a day off between uh, games one and two. We should maybe people get into that. Oh, we had some uh, 
uh, we, we can talk a little bit about this more in the next podcast, wrapped up the mini, mandatory mini camp. Tom Brady uh, was interviewed, I guess, on uh, Wednesday it would have been. I think we talked a little bit about this in his knee situation. Um, but so you're going to get any trouble for now. that now? <laughs> well, you know, I had this conversation. Out that, uh, oh, by the way, congratulations to the Bucks PR department while I'm at it. They won the Roselle Award for um, the best uh, media relations staff in the NFL, which is obviously very hard to do. There's 32 teams. I think it's the third time that they've won it, and uh, very few teams do it in a year that they go to the Super Bowl. The Bucks have done it now twice. They won, uh, you know, the '03 year after the '02 season. Um, so Nelson Louise and and Mike Mike Panic and all those guys over there um, who do such a great job, they've been honored nationally um, by the Pro Football Writers Association as. Uh, the Roselle Award winner. So if you see some of those guys, give them a, give them a pat on the back. Do they get raises like their GM and head coach? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Fantastic question. You know what? They should. And all I can say with respect to them getting the award, why they got it this year instead of other years, it's the same reason for everything, including why Jason Light got more years and why Bruce got more money. Tom Brady. He is he is the dream maker, man. He's He's the rainmaker. It's phenomenal. Um, how everybody gets better, a little bit better at their job uh, when Tom Brady shows up. So good for them. But, yeah, let's do a mailbag. The way you get a hold of us is just send us questions uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. That's about it, right? Is that a wrap? Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. Okay, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Mailbag tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. 